Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the f- podcast, The Feminist Babysitter. I am one of your hosts, Sean Ferrick, and joining me, as always, is the wonderful, the passionate, the frequently enraged, I think is a good theme for this week. Frequently. Frequently. Dr. Carol Quigley. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm enraged. I, yeah. Um, no, not, not doing good this week you know we normally have a nice little bit of like light banter at the beginning i'm not mm-hmm. sure i'm able to i'm i'm sick of having people being bothered about what goes on inside my own body do you know what i mean um otherwise i'm fine good good yeah um so yeah the, so uh we are recording this on wednesday the 4th of may may the 4th be with may you the all fourth be with you um and we are somewhat reeling in the revelation, the leak of the Supreme Court document of now this is the United States. Uh, we will talk about the differences around the world, but the United States Supreme Court, which looks set to overturn the landmark ruling case Roe v. Wade. Um, we're going to go into a bit of detail about what Roe v. Wade actually is, what the overturning uh, means for uh, people with wombs in the United States. And then we're going to go into some some other examples throughout the world of what laws uh, have both curtailed and helped uh, women's health care rights. Um, so if we if we are somewhat a tiny little bit scattered this week, uh, I've just done a crash course in like U.S. constitutional law. So mm-hmm. please don't look at me as your lawyer. I ain't no lawyer. And I'm not going to lie to you. So as I said, this is Wednesday. This obviously came out on Monday night, the same night as the Met Gala, which I have a lot of thoughts on. But I'm actually... I'm actually too angry, frustrated, tired, fed up, exhausted to, to, to even go... So no, I didn't do a crash course on US constitutional law because I just can't... I don't actually have the stomach for it right now because I just... Get your laws out of my uterus, please, and thank you. No, do you know what? No, please. No, thank you. Just get them out of there because they don't belong there. We don't regulate any other part of the body in such a way. And I mean, if, you know, if there's one thing you've seen over social media, it's the last few days, it's that, you know, banning, banning abortion does not get rid of abortion. It just gets rid of safe abortion. Um, abortions have been around as long as, um, as long as pregnancy has been around. So, and actually just before we kind of, I let you go into, go into US constitutional law, a really important thing for me on language here. If you don't know how I feel about language, go and listen to the episode on performativity. I cannot abide the language pro-life because firstly, you're assuming that the opposite is anti-life, right? Yep. Okay, so that's problematic. Nobody's anti-life, except gun lobbyists. (laughs) Am I going to get in trouble for saying that? Yep. (laughs) Um, So firstly that. Secondly, you are not pro-life, you are pro-birth. You are not particularly in the States, and I'm sure we'll get into it more. You are not pro maternity care. You are not pro paternal leave. You are not pro healthcare for minors. You are not pro um, healthcare for people in general. You are not pro access to education, equal opportunities. You're not pro any of those things. So you're not, you're pro birth and nothing else. You you don't want to do anything to actually support the life. Um, So performatively, I think it's really important that I will not use the rhetoric pro-life because we have anti-life on the inside and we also have all this nonsense that goes with it secondly i absolutely cannot stand anti-abortion because again that's used as a way to say oh the other side must be pro-abortion there is nobody on this earth who is pro-abortion wouldn't it just be magnificent if people only ever got pregnant exactly when they wanted to when they were financially stable when it was the right point in their lives when they were either in a loving relationship or were on their own and felt it was the right time to do it. Wouldn't it be great if, um, you know, all fetuses were incredibly healthy and everything worked out. There was no such thing as fake fetal abnormalities. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these wonderful things. That would be amazing. Um, nobody in the world wants to have an abortion themselves or wants someone else to have an abortion. But life doesn't work like that. Nobody wants cancer treatment. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, no, nobody wants any of these things. What, what we want is access to services if we need them. And um, so this concept of, of anti-abortion, meaning pro-abortion, again, performatively, it's really, really dangerous. It's damaging. And I won't stand for that. So you may turn around and say, well, Carol, what do we call those on the other side? There's only one thing to call them, and that is anti-choice. That's what it is, because you have anti-choice and pro-choice, and they are two very, very much opposite opinions, and they, they do adequately explain um, both sides. You either want to allow people to make the best healthcare decision between them and their healthcare provider or their doctor or their family or whatever. If they need to do make those decisions, allow them to do it. And then if you're against it, don't do it. You know what I mean? Um, so you either want to allow those choices to happen or you don't. And if you don't, you are categorically misogynist, um, patriarchal, um, violent against women, um, anti feminism you you are all of these things categorically because what you are doing is not allowing primarily women obviously you, you don't have to be a woman to be pregnant but primarily women to make healthcare choices for their own body and to make choices for their own life so pro-choice anti-choice that is the only rhetoric i will go with you can leave your pro-life and your anti-abortion nonsense at the door because it ain't gonna work for me rant one over rant and Yes, rant one is good. Right, I'm going to dive into um, constitutional law. Um, Carol, if you wouldn't mind, for the purpose of our listeners, mm -hmm. I'm about to do something that you're going to have to describe because I'm not going to be able to speak during it. Okay. This is what I need to do to prepare me for this episode. All right? Okay, right. Slauncha. Oh, Sean is downing a shot of, I'm going to go with whiskey. <sighs> Tequila. Oh, wow. <sighs> And that was definitely a double. Okay. That was at least a double. Roe v. Coffees as a chaser. Oh, yeah. Get it going through your system faster. Um, Roe v. Wade was an absolute landmark case that mm -hmm. was decided on January 22nd, 1973 by the mm -hmm. U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Way feminism. I like that. I like that. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court, um, it found that so, sorry, a uh, defendant named Roe took the case to the U.S. Supreme Court that the, uh, let me get the exact wording of it here. Sorry, I have that many tabs open. This is going well. Right. A pregnant single woman, Roe, brought a class action challenging the constitutionality of the Texas criminal abortion laws, which prescribe procuring or attempting an abortion except on medical advice for the purpose of saving the mother's life. Now, the simplest way that I can describe Roe v. Wade is that the Supreme Court decided, based on both the Ninth and Fourteenth Amendments to the U.S. Constitution, that these anti-abortion laws in Texas violated the citizen's right to privacy. Now, the right to privacy in this case being defined as the right to be let alone, the right to individual um, oh, what's, uh, autonomy. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the, so that overturned in that decision all it, it made sure that abortion laws were not decided at a state level. They were mm -hmm. decided at a at a basically it, it was protected at a federal level, which meant yeah. states like Texas, um, which you will hear that name again, um, and other states, they could not bring into law uh, criminal charges um, for people seeking to get abortions. This week, the crux of this leaked document, and we'll get to the leak in a second, but the crux of the leaked document states that Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional because it it's so ill-defined what the right to privacy is mm -hmm. in these in these amendments and therefore which isn't incorrect and and that is something and you're very right because it is both true and that leads to bigger problems mm -hmm. uh, but there can be a silver lining at the end now 
this right to privacy thing, this is a problem because it was used in, we would obviously argue, a positive way here. Mm-hmm. It can be used in, it could be, it can be used to suit kind of however, because, and here's where, again, I just want to get the exact wording of these right. There are, now, there, da, 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 where is it gone? So, so it falls under substantive due process. So what that means is that due process not only protects certain legal procedures, but also protects certain rights unrelated to procedure. So that, in other words, is a way of saying it's not the act of performing an abortion, which would fall pretty much on, I suppose, the physician and the mother, Mm. uh, but also on the right to the right to bodily autonomy that would come in under that as well that is not of course a performative action yeah yeah um so it's incredibly worrying because roe v wade has been challenged many times since 1973 and has always been upheld because basically the supreme there's nothing to replace it there we go so a lot of the arguments what I say this week in the last 48 hours and I suppose I must stress again a lot of this is reactionary now there is there's been years and years and years and years and years of this sounds so reductive to say this trying to get women equal rights in America Mm. but um, a lot of the stuff that's coming out right now it's quite difficult because there's a lot of emotion you can hear it in our voices as well Mm -hmm. so trying to get the facts and I am must stress that you know, I, I I don't have, I haven't had four years or six years to study law. So um, a lot of this is kind of like, right, I'm, I'm going as quickly as I can this to get through this. This is podcast fact. No, this is po- fairness, fairness. Podcast fact is a, is its own, it's not an alternative fact. It just might be a Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, oh, that is, that is an excellent, an excellent way of doing it. Cliff Spark version. Notes. There. Um, now, I just want if to- If you are a student listening to this, do not use Sparknotes as a reference. You or, can use our podcast, but not Sparknotes and not Wikipedia. Never use Wikipedia. This never is, use Wikipedia. This is, this is, this is basic stuff. Um, now, I mentioned the 9th and 14th Amendments. The 14th Amendment is basically the right to privacy. The 9th Amendment supports this by going, the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So basically, that's just saying, nope, have the right to privacy and the ninth mm-hmm. amendment says we're not taking that away yeah um the supreme court uh, is cons- consists of nine judges uh, there is the chief justice john roberts there's clarence thomas there's stephen Breyer, uh samuel alito now it's samuel alito who, do- who authored this document that has been leaked to the press a lot of dudes yeah go on uh, good timing. Sonia Sotomayor is next. Oh, yay! Uh, Uterus! Woo! Alina Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. and oh, Amy, yeah. Amy Coney, Coney Barrett. Now, this year, Stephen Breyer is due to retire and will be replaced by Katanji Brown Jackson. I, sorry, I always make that mistake. Jackson, sorry. Mm-hmm. Katanji Brown Jackson. Um, a Democrat. A Democrat. Yes, Stephen Breyer, who is. Re- retiring is a democrat yeah uh, so it won't so, do anything about the supermajority that they still have because trump meddled and and there we go now there's been a lot of talk of neil gorsuch brett kavanaugh and amy coney barrett who are the three who were nominated by oh, yes. president trump um neil gorsuch and brett kavanaugh when asked directly during their hearings uh if they would attempt to overturn roe v wade both said no, there is too much precedent in legal history that Roe v. Wade will be upheld and we, we believe in the rule of the people. So, so obviously they're going to try and do it because that's what Republican and, candidates do. Well, and, I mean, where's the light? Um, and this, I hope, I hope no Americans listen to this episode. I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they do. Um, so... There has been a lot of controversy throughout the years about the Supreme Court because the the reason this leak is huge is because a lot of the criticisms are about how secretive the process 
in the Supreme Court has been is that they're, mm-hmm. they don't open the floor to discussion. They don't publicize you know, the, their methods of coming to a decision. And this, this leak really is unique in terms of that. I, with no evidence to back this up, I can only assume that this was leaked by someone who feels very strongly against the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I have no evidence to back that up. I don't know. Um, or it's it, deliberate. Maybe I, I'm too cynical. It's possible. It's possible. A possible. Because based on what we've seen happening, particularly particularly in we Texas, over the last years and months in terms of particularly trans rights and queer rights and making abortion, access to abortion more and more difficult and all of that. Like, I just don't trust anything anymore because yeah. I don't know, maybe I need to put my tinfoil hat on. But, you know, it's entirely possible this was deliberate. It is. There was, I, I read- The an, timing it, is interesting. The, uh, yeah, the midterms are coming up. Mm-hmm. So- But Met Gala night, I mean, talk about performance. That is, because uh, I tell you what, just I tell you, I'm just going to finish my, my thought with yeah, them. Yes, sorry, because we, sorry. we do need to. We, we do, I'm not so much good at listening to, to other people giving facts. And also, in fairness, on this podcast, there's not an awful lot of time that I just monologue. So uh, uh, I'm just going to like, right, repeat this now while it's fresh in my mind. Um, the, so this, this right to privacy, this ill-defined ruling that basically helped in the case of Roe v. Wade, um, this, it, it, this is a blessing and a curse. If Roe v. Wade is overturned, then other rulings that were found using this right to privacy, they will be, and I don't mean that as a tinfoil hat paranoid man, mm-hmm. it just stands to reason if one will be overturned because yeah. of that, the rest will, because otherwise you can't assign one well, law to point? one. But also, and, what's the point in overturning it unless you're going to go and look at things? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, because obviously we've state level and federal level, I think, entirely possible I'm making this up, that 22 states automatically would ban abortion because the other states have their own actual defined legislation in terms of abortion access. Or I think it's 22. It would automatically become illegal. That's it. The only thing I'm just double checking here is the number of states. You're ex- you're over twenty. Yep, twenty-two. Uh, you're Why exactly do I right. Know these things. Why are these things in my head? Because you can smell the denial of women's rights. Um, yeah, that's it. And you're right. They, they're calling it trigger laws. It's basically mm. it's like that. Um, and uh, in I I do want to be fair because let's take Texas as the example because that is where. Roe v. Wade began. Texas has, it is a red state in terms of it is predominantly Republican. And I feel, I feel so. There's blood on its hands, but you know, okay, cool. I would argue, I mean this nicely, which state doesn't, Mm. but that is because in any state and and in any country and anywhere in the world, there will always be a mix. And I do, I feel so strongly, so bad for those people who are in that state Mm -hmm. who will suffer because oh, yeah. of this now i would argue straight oh, away even 51 percent of the population will suffer if yeah, this is but i mean i've i've a texan student who i know that student is does not align with traditional texan values in a lot of ways and um this is difficult you know this is this is very very difficult and we need to remember that you know we it's it's no good sitting here going oh to hell with texas or to hell with the alt-right or to hell with this there's there's real lives here, you know, and there's nuance and there's, you know, um, there's a lot of levels to this. And the fact of the matter is this is if this happens. Now, that's a big thing. It has not happened. It may not happen. Um, it may not. It may not happen this year. It may not. Ha- you know, all of these things. And if you need abortion care and, and, and health care access right now, you do you you keep on trucking mm. you know what i mean and we need to make sure um you know that like what's going to happen now is it the, the alt-right are going to be whipped up and they're going to start protesting more so outside abortion centers and planned parenthood and blah 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 that's that that's another thing which i think i will spend a bit more time on just in a couple of minutes that the the fact of these it is it is legal it is a right enshrined in law that you have access to Planned Parenthood and abortion, and people still 
have to have um, escorts to get past these protesters because those protesters are safe under the First Amendment. Like, I think it's the First Amendment. It's the right to free mm. speech. Yeah, the they first one's the- free speech and the second one's guns, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but, but, but you're even, you know, like we, we need not say we're so oh, high and mighty here. Only let's go with last month, the month before laws have been enacted in Ireland or legislation has come into place so that now there is a safe zone outside um, reproductive health care um, provider, pro- providers. That's not a word. Providers. Pro- I don't know provi- what I'm doing there. Who knows? Um, but there, there is a there provisor is- for providers. There we go. Um, so there's a safe space now, a safe distance, so that you can't, um, you're not allowed to protest or whatever within that in order to try and protect um, people using the services. So, and that's Excellent. really recent. I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I was aware. <laughs> I was like, what's American law? American law. Uh, I, As a I woman do- living with a uterus in this country. Well, there, there, yeah, there we go. Unfortunately, this is emotional energy I need to give. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I reached just before we started recording, I, uh, I say I reached out, I'm, I am extremely lucky to have a platform that I can use my voice from. I reached out to my LGBTQIA plus family because the same argument, the same right to privacy, uh, clause in the amendment to the constitution that paved the way for Roe v. Wade paved the way for Lawrence v. Texas in 2003 mm-hmm. to overturn anti-sodomy laws in the states which made it you know in 2003 it decriminalized uh, sex acts between homosexual couples also heterosexual couples both unmarried and married depending excuse me depending on the act in 14 states in the United States. And yes, it's called Lawrence v. Texas because that again is where the court the case began and was brought to the Supreme Court. If Roe v. Wade is overturned based on the ill-defined right to privacy, that then leads to cases like Lawrence v. Texas being overturned and 14 states again would be able to decide, nope, homosexuality is criminalized or at least homosexual acts are criminalized so it's the reason i tie two of these together is obviously my own personal feelings um Mm. i am an lgbtqia plus individual and although i am of course in ireland um and that's where again i must stress that you and i neither of us are american citizens we just we feel so strongly for our well our family there Mm. um there's plenty of Irish in the States. Oh, you don't, arguably, they're all Irish in some form or another, but they certainly tell you they are. Um, exactly. And then they'll ask uh, you if you know Paddy Murphy and you just go, yeah. In fairness, I do. But yeah. Um, it's just easier. So, so, that, so that's where it's, yeah, that, uh, it's, it's a worrying precedent hmm. uh, for, for many reasons. Now, I mentioned at the start that there may be a silver lining now this is optimism to an extreme here it's like when it, we accidentally legalized drugs in ireland for like 24 hours i love the fact they were fully legal for 24 hours and nobody went mad like you can actually trust it. anyway <laughs> it's if this leads to the codification of abortion rights or access to abortion in u.s law which it cur- it is not codified in federal law that's yes, but the problem. you need to do that before you repeal it. And that's so that so, you don't have legalized drugs. Basically. Sorry, um, look that up for context if you don't know what we're talking about. It's actually because of how it rolled out, it's very, very funny. Um, it really is. Um, whereas this is so as it stands, generally the world looks on America, and I'm massively generalizing here, but the world on America as that there it's blue versus red it's democrat mm. versus republican it's liberal versus conservative and that's it's true to an extent complicated oh their electoral system that Crazy. just rigs the system anyway and can you not just have proportional representation like an intelligent country because i don't even like the first past the post in the uk because with that you end up with you know somebody can a party can have millions of votes and no seats and you know all that kind of thing proportional representation is not perfect, but 
you know, it, it's better than that one. Um, as so, there is now one thing I have not had enough time to go through, and perhaps some of our American listeners will be like, ah, oh, Sean is the filibuster that's in place at the moment, well, I think in place at the moment, basically stopping things from going through. Because as it stands, you will see online that the Democrats hold the White House, the Senate, mm-hmm. and the Congress, mm-hmm. which is factually true, but they don't have the majority that would be needed to pass something like codifying access to abortion into law because even also when it american com- democrats are center right in european standard the the outliers the the bernie sanders the the aocs of the world they are outliers for a reason like you know there's there's there's, there's quite a lot are where you you might argue yet yeah, center definitely uh maybe tap dance on either side of the center line but mm. Yeah, like the lefties. There's the, no healthcare. Do you know what I mean? It's just baffling. There's no maternity leave. Like, ba- no. Baffling. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Yeah. I just don't buy it. Center right. There's best. no. There's no. And 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 that is something that for for you know certainly we live in Ireland has many problems. Many many. And problems. the health service is one of them. But yeah. the very fact of the matter is, God forbid, something to happen to me tonight. I would go straight to the hospital without a thought of, can I afford this? Yep. Now, I might be left sitting on a trolley for a week or, you know, whatever, but the cost of it wouldn't enter my mind. And mm-hmm. that's something. It is. It is. And and also, for all of the many issues, I mean, we're Irish, we love to bash the English, but for all of the issues coming out of the UK, they have the NHS. Yeah. Um, which is a wonderful other thing. That and never- actually, speaking of um, queer rights and stuff, the English, well, they legalized abortion in 69. I could have made that up. Um, but they decriminalized um, homosexuality in 67. Now, the laws around it actually remained on the statute books until 2003, whereas Ireland fully decriminalized in 1993. So I don't know, we're going to have better. We can kind of go, each in the middle. Um, so, okay, so right. I've just obviously ranted down the microphone for a while so to summarize mm-hmm. roe v wade provides access at a federal level yeah. to abortions for people with uteruses uh today i have already received pushback for using the phrase people with uteruses um <sighs> which in any situation ever the inclusion of our trans family will always get uh people pushing intersectionality. back intersectionality exactly Sorry, not sorry, people with uteruses. Um, Overturning Roe v. Wade based on this right to privacy clause will, not may, will lead to the overturning of other rulings that were based on this, such as Lawrence v. Texas, which decriminalized or removed anti-sodomy laws in as recent as 2003. Mm -hmm. In 2003, I was sitting my junior cert um in 2003 I was in play school that's terrifying in 2003 we were two years post 9-11 and to to really put it in context of where we were in the world at that point because even millennials always remember where they were yeah when 9-11 happened you know exactly um we were well what really quick what, what what else was going on in 2003 um we had Buffy finished in 2003 was um, the friends was nearly finished wasn't it i think that might also i'm going to say that might also be 2003 i think that was 94 2004 uh 2004 you might be right hang on big the big oc event. had definitely already started by then big events 2003 okay uh ronaldo's manchester united debut so wow. I mean, to, to the to the sports stars out there yep yeah, that will that will make sense uh the final concord flight uh i just i'm doing this as quick as possible because i know i'm oh my <sighs> department of homeland security officially begins operation u.s invasion of iraq plan um uh saddam hussein is captured he um, was bad lance armstrong was still cycling <laughs> oh, wow um 
oh god i remember this americans renamed french fries to freedom fries in protest to france's stand on iraq i actually remember that oh i do remember that yeah um and ah arnold schwarzenegger uh is elected governor of california wow yeah so um okay so that's just so basically right that's where we are in the world and Mm -hmm. again decriminalization of sodomy acts in in 14 states in the u.s which is baffling just absolutely baffling so if all of that is undone there's been a lot of talk this week um because uh, th- those of us who spend so much time online we have got used to shorthand uh, we've got used to using jokes uh, obviously completely inappropriate but in it, i'm guilty of it to using jokes to sending memes and to using you know, shorthand to put across the state of the world so basically how you and i have communicated with each other for the last like 13 years do it well exactly so the fact that you and i have basically said to each other over the last day and a bit may the lord open yeah. Gives, gives us an idea of what it looks like in the US at the moment. I did, do you know what? I mentioned a silver lining. I will take a breath in a second. I mentioned a potential, mm. potential silver lining. If this, this goes through, if this happens, a silver lining could be to either properly define what the right to privacy is. But you need to do this before you overturn. But you need to do that before you overturn. Exactly. Because if you leave it until afterwards, that gets put on the long finger and then it becomes so this is where i'm going to hand the mic to you now in a moment because you know a lot more than me on the next topic but uh one thing that i saw particularly comparing ireland to the u.s is that the u.s left the question which we'll call roe v wade for the question of access to abortion up to the courts yeah ireland took a democratic process that took a lot longer so uh, this is this is me i am i am handing the mic to yourself okay (sighs) democratic process yeah yeah take a breath take another shot of tequila um democratic process to abortion in ireland i mean theoretically okay so this lovely book that i have here beside me bunrock maheran never heard of it of Ireland. never heard of it Don't know what it, it is. is a not very good read um so here we go one rock in the hair in the constitution of ireland was enacted by the people on the 1st of july 1937 this new constitution which replaced the 1922 constitution of the irish free state was carried by 685,105 votes in favor to 526,945 votes against a majority of 1,158,160 Bunrock Naharan falls broadly speaking into the liberal democratic tradition of Europe and America. Lol. Hmm. Lol isn't is isn't written there, by the way. I I that I would Joe, I wouldn't even be surprised at this point. <laughs> it asserts that all powers of government, legislative, executive, and judicial derive under God from the people, and it provides for a democratic parliament and government to exercise the legis- legislative and executive powers, respectively and for an independent judiciary to exercise the judicial power in its fundamental rights in its fundamental rights articulates articles sorry in its fundamental rights articles there we go it guarantees the individual citizen freedom equality and justice i would disagree one rock and may be amended but only by referendum it has been amended 27 times and just for context the version i have is from february 2015 so that is pre that's actually pre-marriage equality because that was that, that was May. took place later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I have a physical copy in my hand here, but if you Google Bunrock Meharan or Constitution of Ireland, you'll find the up-to-date one, which has all the amendments and stuff in it. Um, so was the constitution democratically imposed? I mean, we have issues. And our issues are that it was primarily written and put to the people for acceptance but it's such a massive document levels of education 
who's telling you what to say, la 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 la. The constitution was written essentially between the government and the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. which kind of wrote a certain belief system into it. Um, for example, to this day in Article 40, we have, um, or is it Article 41? We have the words woman and mother are um, interchangeable in the article on the family. Um, in for and I'm reading from Article 41 here, um, Section 2. In particular, the state recognizes that by her life within the home, woman gives to the state a support without which the common good cannot be achieved. And the next part, the state shall therefore endeavor to ensure that mothers shall not be obliged by economic necessity to engage in labor to the neglect of their duties in the home. Right. So the words woman and mother are used interchangeably. That, even though the copy I have is out of date, that's that hasn't been changed. Um, so it was problematic from the beginning. Now, it is a good thing that it is written into our constitution that in order to change the constitution, we need to have a referendum. So that protects a particular government or a particular powerful group at one time or whatever, you know, coming and, and rewriting things. Um, it means that things are very slow and very difficult to change as well. It's actually the reason because people not from Ireland have said to me before, like, why does Ireland go on about the fact it was the first country to legalize um, gay marriage when it wasn't? And I'm going, it was the first one to do it by public vote. And that's what's really important, that it wasn't a, a, it wasn't a fact that essentially, eventually the government said, lads, come on get with the times we need to legalize this no matter what anybody says it was a case that that the irish public themselves said no lads come on it's time we need to get this legalized so um it is good in that sense the the concept of of having a referendum on these things it also means now i don't i've i never understood this because i was a child at the time but you remember the lisbon the lisbon agreement and we had to have a load of referendums on it whereas other countries their governments could just accept it but based on something in our constitution the people had to accept it it was something to do with eu stuff or i sound really unintelligent right now. um so it is a problematic document Mm-hmm. at least it is a document at least it doesn't legalize gun control sorry i really need to stop shitting on the states but just i just don't get the whole gun thing to be oh, honest right they don't have a fucking leg to stand on uh today mm-hmm. i'm afraid and i'm generalizing i am and to our list i because i really feel like i want to give some people a hug to our listeners in the states who are listening to us and are basically going like yeah we're with you good god i feel so sorry for you right now yeah, i do yeah um, and I don't know how you're going to get the emotional energy to get through the next few months and years because, yeah. trust me, it took enough out of me getting us through repealing the 8th um, in 2018. Um, but yes, on that, the 8th Amendment. So what does it actually say at the very beginning of this on what the 8th Amendment is? And actually, it's really handy. At the start of this, it gives a list of all the amendments and their dates, but it says which ones actually didn't go through. So, um, for example, um, there is no 22nd Amendment. The 22nd Amendment of the Constitution Bill 2001 relating to the removal of a judge from office and providing for a body to be established, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't passed, but they actually have a list of, of referendums that, because they have to be numbered anyway. So you can't, okay, so the 20th one didn't pass, so the next one we're going to call the 20th one. No, the next one, 21st and that kind of thing. Um, and oh, the 21st Amendment, um, which is 27th of March 2002, prohibited the death penalty and provided for the removal of references to the death penalty in 2002. There you go. But you didn't know that. I definitely didn't know that. So there you go. Technically, the death penalty was on the books, I suppose. I mean, it wouldn't have been used for a very long time. But um, yeah, anyway. Okay. Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. So I'm reading the actual amendment here, and then I will read the the piece where it's in the article. So this was the 7th of October, 1983. Um, Acknowledged the right to life of the unborn with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother. Now, firstly, in terms of language, why does the unborn come first in terms of the amendment? 
But anyway, Article 40, Part 3.3, the state acknowledges the right to life of the unborn with, and with due regard to the equal right to life of the mother guarantees in its laws to respect and as far as is practical by its laws to defend and vindicate that right. Then we have a space underneath. Then we have a line that reads, this subsection shall not limit freedom to travel between the state and another state. Okay. So, and actually it continues then, this subsection shall not limit freedom to obtain or make available in the state subject to such conditions as may be laid down by law, information relating to services lawfully available in another state. Um, this, and this section actually begins, right? The first, the the, the first words in this section read, because this is in the fundamental rights section, Article 40, 3.1, the state guarantees in its laws to respect and as far as is practicable by all its laws to defend and vindicate the personal rights of the citizen. Yeah, just certain citizens more than others. Mm -hmm. So obviously, thankfully, the Eighth Amendment has been repealed. Um, abortion access is now available in Ireland, it's legalized, um, all the rest of it. But this went in in 1983. My, my first issue, well, no, I have a lot of issues, as you can tell, the, con the whole concept of it is ridiculous. One of my issues is the very fact that this needed to be enshrined in the constitution. It never should have been. There is no other provision for any type of healthcare that has ever gone into the constitution ever. It doesn't belong there. Um, it never did belong there. It was done as a way to ensure stopping of progress for a, a significant period of time um secondly the line this does not affect her right to travel i mean this comes back to intersectionality and this comes back to even why i was so annoyed by the met gala wealthy pregnant people and women um secure people um white people um able-bodied people mentally well people um all the rest of it this a lack of access to to reproductive services is going to be minor inconvenience um if you have the money to travel you've always been able to travel the phrase in ireland get the boat everybody knew if, if someone said oh she's getting the boat it was such a common idea that it was known that that meant she was traveling to the uk for an abortion get the boat okay um if you had the means to travel you could always travel and that was enshrined in the constitution that's that really bugs me like it's one thing pretending oh no we've banned abortion ergo vis-a-vis -vis, it's not going to happen it's another thing entirely going oh we've banned abortion so they can feck off to england which is literally what it what it said you know um so Banning abortion, be it Roe v. Wade, be it the Eighth Amendment here, be it, you know, different legislation around the world, all it does is make abortion access more difficult and more dangerous. So it's more difficult for those with the economic resources to travel. Obviously, you know, there's a, you might need time off work, you might, you know, plane costs, whatever it is, right? So it's more difficult, but you are hopefully working in a job where you have access to leave and you have all these things more dangerous for those who don't in precarious employment um, or on welfare, you know, who don't have the money to travel. All you're doing is making it more dangerous because if somebody really needs that healthcare, they're gonna get it, but it mightn't actually be healthcare. You know, and I, I can't stomach, I can't even go there in terms of the horrendous histories of ways in which um, those who are pregnant have had to, have to look after themselves. So we, we, won't, we won't even go there. Um, so yeah, essentially that went in in 1983, we had, um, which completely 100% banned abortion, um, because there was an equal right to life of the unborn and the mother. Um, then we come into the nineties where we have the very famous Miss X case. Do you know about that? I know about it, but please go on. So essentially a teenage girl um, was, now this is kind of off the top of my head a little bit, but teenage, it's been a long time since I've, since I've 
read up on this um teenage girl in the care of the state so in a foster home or something um was suicide risk and needed to access abortion um and it went through the courts and an exception was made and all of this kind of crack um you know we also have as i mentioned last week um at this time 1990 that's when marital rape was first criminalized we've 93 we have um homosexuality decriminalized we've 96 is divorce legalized and actually that went through three referendums i think referenda before it was it was allowed um so you know we've had a, a push since 1983 you know we've heard of the condom trains um, when contraception wasn't legal in Ireland and, you know, um, very, very brave women, some men, but mostly women would travel up to, to Belfast and um, on trains and, and get loads of condoms and bring them back down when they weren't legal here. Um, you know, we've always had women trying to look out for women. And like I know, say even in universities, there would always be like numbers of phone lines and stuff like that put up on walls in bathrooms and, and you know, that there's a really strong tradition of that um, right throughout Ireland. Um, we come into the early 2000s and we have several cases, um, high profile cases involving, you know, and I won't I, I won't detail specific cases because I just don't have the stomach for it. Um, but, you know, we've rape, we've incest, we've um, fatal fetal abnormalities. We've some really, really, really difficult cases. Um, we then move on to the case of Savita Halepanaver, um, which unfortunately just. It, like no discussion of abortion access in Ireland no. um, after this case can be is complete without discussing this case. Yeah, and uh, this young woman. Now you know I'm I'm not a doctor. I was not there. You know all of that, but I I, I wouldn't want to comment on the exact medical treatment. But the very fact of the matter is, she requested an abortion. Um, and it wasn't granted um, and she didn't receive the medical health care that she needed um, and she died. Um, and she's not the first woman that this has happened to in Ireland, but it was a particularly high profile case. Um, it led to the legislation in 2013, which name escapes me now. Um, but it was it was essentially to allow for some provision um, in case in cases of you know risk of life to the mother and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, then the big push, the big social push really became gay marriage. Um, so mm -hmm. that really took off kind of late 13, 2013, um, was really, really headed off then by Panty Bliss, um, at the beginning of 2014, leading to a referendum because essentially referenda happen because there's a push for now, unless it's something like the death penalty or something where that's clearly somebody going through the book going, lads, we should really get rid of this one now, shouldn't we? Hmm. Um, you know, but th th these kind of social change rooms. Um, so that came to the fore and then we had a referendum on that in 2015. Um, and thankfully that passed and all you gays can get married now. And um, we thank you for it. <laughs> um, and then I remember just after the campaign, um, and that campaign was problematic in its own ways for its erasure of lesbians in particular um, and and uh trans people but anyway i won't i won't go there today um but after that i remember what i was seeing online and, and the, the conversations i was having was women are next or pregnant people are next it's time um you know there's the appetite there's the push there's the will um and essentially obviously there has always been um an abortion rights campaign in ireland and the arc itself has been incredibly successful and hardworking and you know, wonderful and has provided support to so many pregnant people in crisis and all of this over the years. But it was really after after the marriage equality referendum that there was definitely a push among women of my age, I would say, to just and not that we are the only ones, and absolutely not. Of course, there's you know second and third wave feminists before us who've been fighting for this for a long time. But there really was a movement among women of my age who just were so disenfranchised and said, "No, no, no." after seeing me gay friends get their freedom well, to some extent it's time for mine if the time is now you know we just we can't do this anymore so kickstarted the the campaign um i attended i don't know how many um abortion rights marches over the years 
anyway led to the referendum in 2018 and I'm not going to lie I really, really, really didn't think it was going to pass. Um, I was really, really worried because there was so much um, dirty tactics and nasty rhetoric. And as I said, all this pro-life for this, um, you know, uh, anti-choice and, or, you know, uh, anti-abortion and all this. And I remember actually, I remember watching, it was one of the prime time, you know, Brendan O'Connor or Ryan Tuberty or one of the lads, or Claire, what's her face, Claire Byrne and Orty, it was one of those, right, doing, um, it had two doctors on, one, um, both very senior gynecologists, both male, both white, um, and one was vehemently pro-choice and one was vehemently anti-choice. And I remember watching the debate and firstly, I was sitting there going, I fully respect both of your you know credentials and actually it is helpful to have somebody talk about development of fetus and you know and all that kind of thing but what what really struck me was watching that was that you had um you had them fundamentally differ on certain things so they were talking about you know 12 weeks and what it means at 12 weeks and all this kind of crap and one of one of the doctors said well no that's not viable or that's not you know feasible or whatever and then the other man said no that is and I'm sitting there I remember sitting there watching it going I'm looking at you guys for the medical fact because I I don't know it you're fundamentally disagreeing with each other so that whoever already agrees with you will agree with you whoever doesn't agree with you or agrees with the other will agree with the other and that's how it's going to go and I, I remember watching it going I just don't know if there's enough support for this um and it was a really, really scary time because I thought if we didn't, obviously I'd grown up in, in, in an Ireland where there was no um, reproductive healthcare access, but I really felt like if this didn't go through this time, you know, we're talking 10 years before it goes through again. Um, so it did pretty landslidey, which was, which was quite um, astonishing. And, you know, and the, there's a lot more nuance to it in terms of, um, you know, healthcare providers. What's that phrase that they use? Conscious objection or conscientious objector. I there think. we go. Yeah, um, there's all that kind of crack going on, uh, and GPs who are against providing abortion pills and and all the rest of it, and that, that still goes on. I'm sorry, I think I just sound really sad. <laughs> I just uh, am. No, I'm guess If if I was to force um, a, a positive thing. The eighth has been repealed mm-hmm. in Ireland. So, like, there, the, the access is there. It is along a bloody road. Um, and it was awful that it took so long, um, which is not to say that everything is perfect in the country. Absolutely, it is not. Um, and much like places like the US, where in 1973, I'm sure people rejoiced and went brilliant you know great you know this is this is in law this is constitutional and here we are nearly 50 years later um that's what's really shocking is the thing that you think of these things as progress and you think of them as social change and you think well that's it the change has happened and i suppose what's what's really scary about this is that this is the first time that obviously we trump elected but like this is the first time that there's a real tangible anti-progressive potential. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so frightening. And while we're all looking at the pretty gunas at the Met Ball of, of women who will never be affected by this because they have the economic means to travel anyway, and we're being told that so-and-so lost 16 pounds in three weeks. And actually, I just thought that was really ironic, given what our topic was meant to be this week in terms of kind of the beauty myth and, and body image and that. Um, and we're told we're essentially like putting women on a pedestal or on a shelf or, you know, I mean, it's it's Margaret Atwood. It's, you know, it's the Handmaid's Tale. It's, it's violence against women in the same way that... Um, and I know I said this last week, rape is an act of power. It's not about sex. It's not about enjoyment. It's not about, you know, any of that. It's, it's an act of power and control and violence. Anti-abortion rhetoric or, or 
<laughs> going back on myself here, I'm just tired. Um, anti-choice rhetoric is about controlling other people's decisions and controlling other people's bodies. I mean, we saw, again, not all Americans, hashtag not all Americans, but we saw how many Americans having conniptions over the concept of wearing a mask. You know, obviously we had anti-maskers in Ireland, but really yeah. there was an element of come on to yourself there now. We want to go back to the pub, stop your messing. That was generally the, the vibe taken in Ireland and we just kind of ignored the, the anti-maskers. But there was like a real push for, for anti-maskers in the States and you're going, you won't wear a piece of cloth on your face in order to potentially protect those around you because it's against your rights and it's against your this and it's against your that. And I love how much they quote the constitution and they haven't actually read it. Mm. Um, and yet you are so interested in what goes on inside a woman or a person with a uterus's body. And again, you're not like, come at me, come to me when you're saying I'm providing the childcare, I'm providing the money, I'm providing the this. Do you know what I mean? Come at me when, when you've got all that. And I'll go, do you know what? You really, really are pro-life you are not pro-birth but until that point because actually what you're going to do is you're going to shame the single mom or you're going to shame the rape victim or you know you, you you've got your madonna whore binary you've got like oh well why does she have seven kids or why does this and i mean at the same time these are the same people who are anti-sex ed do you know is what it, i mean isn't it but so let's and like i just let, let's say for example right know. you're so so just anti-abortion will not happen okay so let's do everything in our power to negate the need for an abortion let's make contraception completely universally available uh comprehensive mm -hmm. sex education now mm -hmm. neither of those two things are going to 100 negate the need for abortion nothing mm -hmm. will uh because that doesn't allow for rape it doesn't allow for incest it doesn't allow for ectopic pregnancy it doesn't allow for any of these things but if if these same people were like, we will do everything that is in our power mm. to negate this need, then, yeah. although I still wouldn't agree with them, you could argue that, well, look, I don't agree with this, but I can see that you're at least attempting to provide you're an at alternative. At least not a hypocrite. Exactly. Because as mm. it stands is that I believe in the right to the child until the second it's born. Yeah. And then I, I couldn't give less for crap. Yeah. There is one way to make sure that abortions aren't needed. And I think I know where you're going with this. What is that way? Forced vasectomies. Get rid of the A sperm reversible donors. medical procedure. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just saying. And if, I mean, this sounds glib, it does. But if Roe v. Wade was about, you know, about a male case, mm -hmm. if it was about the rights of the male, one, there probably would never have needed to have been an amendment to be to begin with oh, because no. it Men would have been in the abortions. You'd get them at McDonald's with a Happy Meal. But and again, it sounds glib, but you're you are right. And the people who because don't see this because it's about misogyny. It's, exactly, it's about controlling women's or people with uteruses bodies. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. It is mm -hmm. not about. And there are some people who will pass a polygraph and say this is about protecting the rights of the clump of cells into a fetus, into a child inside the womb. And I'm deliberate, I'm using all those words because, okay, there, are, there will be some people who will, they, they will have good intentions, mm -hmm. but the, the outcome will always be the same. It's about controlling the body of the person with the uterus. That is what it's about. And giving out about her having sex. How dare they have the audacity to attempt to be autonomous? By the way, Jeff, see you down the pub. And how many people did you write this weekend? Oh, well, I mean, we still have the, the lovely myth of the self-impregnating teenage girl. I love that. There, I, yeah, I, I was going to say something. I'll stop that there. But um, yes, it's, it's baffling. I don't want anyone to feel that, you know, we are disregarding the fact that there are people out there who 
come at this from a place of good intention. However, what we are disregarding or what we are completely shining a light on is the impact of their actions, whether it be words, whether it be, you know, campaign, whether it be protesting, it is harming. It is harming, mm. harming people. Um, and there, I cannot reconcile that. I can't. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's hate speech. It's conversion therapy. You know what I, like it's, yeah. you are, you are, you can say it's you're morally against something, and instead of allowing people to engage in activities that you may not agree with, but accept that they're adults who can make decisions for themselves, you're interfering. Do you know what I mean? Again, get rid of your guns. I morally object to guns. Exactly. And people will say, I have the right to. And those same people will say, but you don't have the right to control your own body. Exactly, because actually I remember this going back years and I wouldn't give her credit for many things, but I remember Tommy Lauren, um, oh, yeah. that kind of alt-right Barbie for a while. Um, she kind of fell off her pedestal because she said she was asked about abortion and she said, I like my um, guns how I like my fetuses without the government's involvement. And you're gone. At least you're consistent. Like. At um, least it's consistent. Um, what I'm trying to do really quickly is to see if I can get a breakdown of so da, 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 right okay so this is so the same people who would stop access to abortion mm -hmm. okay um, according to statistics gathered by the National Abortion Federation this is the US now okay an organization of abortion providers since 1977 in the United States and Canada, there have been 17 attempted murders, 383 death threats, 153 incidents of assault or battery, 13 wounded, 100 but, uh, butric acid stink bomb attacks, 373 physical invasions, 41 bombings, 655 anthrax threats, and three kidnappings committed against abortion providers right to life yeah that's very pro-life isn't it um and there will be those who will be anti-choice and say we condemn that strongly thank you for your condemnation but this is the side you choose to to ally with um and th those are as far as i'm concerned those are terrorism attacks yeah oh, well it is what is it meant to do it's meant to create terror it's meant to create fear. It's meant to stop pregnant people and women from accessing healthcare. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what it's designed to do. Ergo, it's a terror attack. And that's with access to abortion legal. Yeah. So, if Roe v. Wade is overturned and uh, access is rescinded, um, in the states that have the trigger laws. And that's just to begin with. And I'm not mm -hmm. trying to sound doom and gloom there. I think the facts speak for themselves. But then you get the traveling out of state people. How long until laws are enacted against that? Mm -hmm. um, as there was an attempt to do that. Now, I believe it was blocked, but an attempt to do that against people seeking health care for transgender people out of state. There was an at least an attempt to block that as well. Mm. It would be incredibly naive to think that this would be an individual state issue. It isn't. Mm. Um, mm. It, is, it is an attack against every single person uh, in the context of this in the US with a uterus. Yeah. It is as simple as that. Um, yeah. And... So on that happy note... On that... I, <laughs> it is it's there were, I, no but the, the thing is there are no happy notes the only thing time. we can no. do here is if you're listening to this and you go what do i do get out there protest if you're in the states harass your representatives get you know get on this get your voice be louder be more be, and i know you're tired and i know it's ridiculous that you're fighting for this and i know all of these things are horrendous but be on the right side of history do you know what i mean Absolutely. Like, yeah, that's 
I'm not at a loss for words. I think I think for this evening, I've 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 said everything. Um, thank you. Thanks everyone who listened. This has probably been one of our least. Are any of our episodes enjoyable? Mm, but uh, enjoyable isn't the right word. Yeah, I feel there's been a lot of passion in this. If one. you've enjoyed this episode, well done. Uh, um, one free abortion for you. If if you are in a position, miniature flags for everyone else. Uh, there we go. Yeah. If if you are in a position to do so, um, so I suppose I'm specifically speaking to our listeners in the US here. Uh, speak to your representative. Um, get people moving. This is, it's not going to go away um, by burying heads in the sand. Um, and complacency is the greatest weapon that those who are seeking to take away rights will use. Mm. Um, and one only needs to look at the turnout statistics um, when it comes to polling. Um, so on that, I guess we'll call that our call to action. Um, mm-hmm. And for this week, um, I think I think that's everything. If, if there are more updates as we go, we might include it in episodes going forward. Um, but for now, um, Dr. Quigley, thank you very much for just everything as usual. Um, it feels weird almost changing the topic like this, but if people want to reach out, where where can they find you online? Instagram, at Carol Quigley. There's an E at the end of Carol. I don't know why I always say that, but it's because people always spell my name wrong. Send me cute dog content. It's all I'm able for right now. If they're looking for you, they'll find you everywhere at Sean Ferrick, even on TikTok where you have no right to be because you are an old man. That is very, very true. Folks, uh, I say this every week when I'm saying it again. Look after yourselves. Be kind to yourself and just, just, we love you. And thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.